Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go on a Wednesday, big Wednesday show. Over the course of the next three hours, lots of updates on the Raiders, GM, and head coaching search. Adam Hill along in a little bit. We're going to talk to our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider, Justin Watkins, in about 15 on a bunch of different topics. So we're live here at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Let's do it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. We're heading towards the Kevin Kruger radio show tonight at 6 o'clock. Yeah, it's bounced around a little bit because of the crazy schedule they've been playing because of all the uh, cancellations and postponements and rescheduled games. So tonight, 6 o'clock, Bailiwick inside the Orleans leading up to a game on Friday at Colorado State. And then they're back home. The Rebels are at the Thomas and Mac to take on uh, arch-rival Reno. Both programs not really doing what they want to do to this point in the season, so a lot of heat going into that game. And if you want free tickets, you can actually go to the Raisin Canes at Flamingo and Maryland. When you place your order today or tomorrow, all you got to do is say, Go Rebels, and you get a pair of free tickets to Reno and UNLV next Tuesday. So hit the Raisin Canes at Flamingo and Maryland, and we'll talk more about uh, that ticket promotion, other initiatives, student initiatives, some other cool stuff tonight on the Kevin Kruger radio show right here on ESPN Las Vegas after 6 o'clock. All right, we got a bunch of rumors out there for head coaching positions and GM positions. And last night it looked like one of the head coaching spots that is open was filled as some rando like E. Dilla on Twitter. And I don't know if the person has ties with legit media people, but some people ran with it. Uh, that person in Jacksonville was claiming that Byron Leftwich – has the Jaguars job, but it's interesting because they're still talking to Nathaniel Hackett. There could be a bidding war for a Nepo hire, nepotism hire in Nathaniel Hackett. Of course, uh, his dad, Paul Hackett, was a college and NFL coach. And then I also think that the Tom Brady stuff has to play a factor in all this with Byron Leftwich. Let's talk about Leftwich. If he could be you know, one of the guys off the board early on here, and what he's dealing with because he's in the running for potentially a bunch of jobs, a Jags job. But what the hell happens if Brady retires, then left? I'm sorry. Gronk says, I'm out. And then Arians is like, well, this is pointless. I'm out. I mean, it's possible. Although Arians sounded like somebody who has no care about who else is coming back. Okay. I would care. I would, I would, I, I wouldn't mind if I, I mean, I'd mind, but I wouldn't be devastated if my coordinators left, you know? I found him. I'll find some more. But Tom Brady ain't a coordinator. No. And finding the next quarterback, like Gronk can go too if he wants, finding the next quarterback ain't that easy. And what's Arians? I'm I'm doing a lot of age checks lately because 80. of – Well, he, he does seem older, and he did walk away at one point yeah. for health issues. I mean, he seems like a guy who's about 65, and I don't want to sound like an ageist because we've got, you know, guys like Belichick moving in their 70s, Saban going in their 70s, Kirk Ferentz, 67, signing a new well, deal. Not all ages are the same. I, I, I agree with that. Yes. Yes. I know. I know a lot of 51 year olds who do not look like me. I'm a nightmare. Sure. They're very healthy. Is that, They're trucking along. God, it's, it's a story we never brought to the air. But I know that there's two 51 year olds in locally uh, who were compared uh, by somebody else that said, like, wow, you do not look the same age as you. Uh, 
but here the thing is, as you're indicating, not all ages are the same, and Bruce Arians isn't an older guy for his age because of his health issues and everything else that's gone on. Now he did sound like after the season when he did the post up, uh, the post season press conference and kind of broke things down. The uh, you know the post mortem, he said, "Hey, I'm I'm back." Like, well, what if it's no Brady? I'm back. Well, are, are you you're coming back no matter what? He said, "I'm doing this as long as I possibly can." Because he did walk away before for health issues, and now it sounds like he just wants to, you know, ride it as long as as long as he can do that. Now, you're right. All of a sudden, if it's well, no Brady, no Gronk, Woo. complete rebuild because of all these salaries, you know, that that have still been built up and all the contracts that are still uh, to kind of work out. Okay, maybe you do walk away. Then maybe Leftwich steps in. But would would you want that job if you're Leftwich? It's a great point. It's a great point. If I'm if I'm a first time coach, I'm not going somewhere where I have a lot of questions at quarterback. And that's why I still think Candy and I went round and round last week. I think the Giants job is the worst job Terrible. in all football. I think the Jaguars is a better job just because uh, Shot Khan has screwed things up. I actually think he can be a good owner. I'm not sure John Mara can be a good owner anymore. But most important is Trevor Lawrence still has upside. He was a number one pick for a reason. So that job to me has some attraction. Danny Dimes has zero attraction. They're going to be starting over. They're going to give him one more year and they're going to have to start well, over. So this this whole thing, I mean, it, it obviously it plays into the Raiders situation. It plays into most of the head coaching gigs. Who is there? What do I have to do? What Who do I have to develop? Do we have to have a bridge guy? Uh, you don't have a quarterback. It changes everything. And by the way, Arians is, we'll call it uh, 69 and a quarter. Okay. In October, he'll be 70 years old. So he's a little older than I thought he was. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's an older... Uh, it's an older 69, if, if that means anything. But then, you know, in the other factor to look into, not just quarterback, not just situation, all those other things, like I do think Jacksonville has an appetite to try to, you know, do some things with Khan. But at the same time, like there's no expectation and there's no – there's nothing to follow. Like if you go in Tampa Bay, you're not only rebuilding, but you're also just following a Super Bowl title and a, you know, potential Super Bowl title, two really good playoff teams that have been there. So the expectations are there too, even if the – you know, if the substance is not there, uh, I, I just think I would not want to be in that job. So I mentioned Nathaniel Hackett, who has had multiple conversations with the Jaguars and the Broncos. And I think everyone's tying the Nathaniel Hackett thing to Rodgers. That could be his guy. He goes and takes over the Broncos. There was already chatter about Rodgers to the Broncos. So what are you hearing on this one? Because I thought last week that the Broncos were most hot and heavy about Dan Quinn. It seemed that way, although it looks like Quinn going in another direction now so maybe they lost out maybe they where's quinn going uh chicago okay we were reading yesterday that uh ryan poles and jim caldwell could be a good combination and then there was a you know the leap where hey eric Bieniemy would seem to be an obvious <laughs> guy since poles is coming from kansas city yeah it, it, the whole thing it's the whole it's thing crazy, is, it's right? crazy it, it changes every day and you know the I, I was i was fascinated hearing um I, I don't think I talked about this last week with uh, Peter Schrager from NFL Network was doing an interview with um, with McAfee, uh, and he was you know he was basically saying, you know, there is one team out there that nobody ever hears any information about, real information, and it's Seattle because their owner is not somebody who talks to the media. They you know they have an owner that's not part of the well, it's one of the Allen the industrial complex, and it's right. it's it's the the sister. And so she's like, well, I'm talking to Ian Rappaport or <laughs> I don't know who these people are. So, like, it's the one place where there's nothing ever gets out. Nobody, nothing ever gets to agents. Oh, wow. okay. Like, she's not even involved in it. So, But then you bring that up because you look at all these other places and it's everybody involved talks to different people. Mm -hmm. So it's like 
the owner talks to this reporter, the general manager talks to this reporter, the agent talks to this reporter, and then you're getting all this different information. And it's mostly self-serving of trying to get their narrative out there. But it, it's very, it's very crazy. And if you noticed in the Raiders situation, and I'm somebody that's covering it and trying to, you know, get on this information every day, notice what's coming out from the Raiders? Nothing. Very quiet. Nothing. Very quiet. Well, I'm, we want to examine, uh, you know, the thoroughness with which they're going through. We think uh, we've now got, I think, eight names for GM. And the latest name is, uh, to go back to the Buccaneers, a John Spytek. Sure. What do you know? Well, of course, every time a name comes up, you start really, unless you know who the people are, you start really going and diving into their background. And in this case, you start looking, you're like, oh, John Spytek. Why do I know that name? Oh, yeah, that's right. He played football in Michigan. Hmm. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. A lot of people are rooting against me. They were tuning in, rooting against me. I don't want to look at you, the victim. Don't try to fool me with all the victim stuff. Do some people root against Aaron because of his vaccine status? Yeah, I mean, the internet, Twitter is just a toilet. Uh, 22% of America's on Twitter. It's not real life. Overwhelmingly, people were not rooting against the Green Bay Packers. They have fans all over the place. Aaron's fun to watch. Tom Carrot on Aaron Rodgers. By the way, no one's watching Righteous Gemstones. I saw no one light up on that one. It was uh... Oh, I watched the first one. Okay. I, I need to well, catch this, up this, on the last uh, couple episodes. That song right there is in episode two or three or four. Justin Watkins, our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider, is in here with us. I just wanted to get some general opinion on Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I think Colin Cowherd's awesome, but I'm telling you, you know, Colin has his bit where he's right, where he's wrong. Colin has no idea what he's talking about with Aaron Rodgers because on one hand, he is correct to a certain extent about Twitter and social media being a cesspool and not being reality. But with Rodgers, it's reality because unlike Colin, I'm not sitting with my 19 TVs at home drinking whatever he's drinking, right, in the comfort of my home. I go to bars. I'm around people. And I went to watch the Rodgers game against the Niners with a Niners fan, and I swear to God, the rest of the place was all against Aaron Rodgers. Now, I'm not saying it's because solely his his COVID stance, but there are a lot of Aaron Rodgers haters out there, and I do think his vocal stuff this year did knock him down a few pegs with a lot of fans. He's an enemy for a lot of fans. I am, I, am I wrong? You, do, you, do you guys talk to people where they're like, eh, Aaron Rodgers? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm judging it almost the other way about who talked to me about Aaron Rodgers. Like, my wife, when all this stuff was going down, was like, what's this with this quarterback and like what's all this going on like she then knew who Aaron Rodgers was and she doesn't watch football at all right you know and my brother who's not a big football fan be like dude forget this Aaron Rodgers dude you know like he's now all of a sudden he's like watching to hate on him yeah um and so I think I think that that exists there's probably if if I'm gonna try to you know both sides this thing there's probably some people who are watching to cheer him on because oh, of his stance. Exactly what I was going to get yeah. at. I know several people that couldn't care less and were like, "Go Aaron, yeah, yeah." yeah. Like, okay, so it, does, it does have an effect, sure. yeah, on because it's been so out there all season long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, and to be fair, like we are 
near California. I think there are a lot of people cheering for the 49ers no matter what. Anyway, yeah. I don't, and I don't not, think not it's to take shots at Colin. I just, you know, but, but, you know, I see he puts up his home setup, and it's not a, it's not a jealousy thing. I just, I don't know that national radio hosts a lot of times get out amongst the people and actually get to really see what goes on. And like you and I are on the ground, and I and I see it. I mean, I, I that's what I I actually like going to bars to watch. Because to me, that was, I don't want to go on this whole diatribe, but that was like the origins of sports talk was just a couple of guys and gals talking sports at a bar. And you really do get a, you get a good cross sampling of what just average people are thinking about players and teams. But I'll go, I'll go one step further and, and say, I actually know somebody. So I was at UFC on Saturday and I know somebody with the UFC that's a huge Packers fan. And I was like, hey, it was early in the game. I was like, oh, good start for the Packers, you know, seven nothing. And they were pissed. They were like, oh. Like I just want Aaron to lose and get the hell out of there. I'm done with him. And I'm like, what? Well, like Amazing. this is your like this might be your last chance yep. to win a Super Bowl. Well, like, no, that, screw that guy. That's I mean, you know this, right? You know my take on this one because there are people who are like, you know, I'm a I'm a Aaron Rodgers hater. Going like, no, Rodgers ain't the only reason that like I don't like the Packers. I don't like their fans. Yeah, I don't think they have a grasp on reality. Every time they get booted from the playoffs, I got to read about only two Super Bowl titles in 30 years. I'm 0 for 51. Okay. So I don't want to hear about it. So I, like it's it's the combination of Rodgers and the Packers. It'll it'll uh, it'll totally drive me. Oh nuts. yeah, dude, I'm I'm with you on that. That's where I was when you sent over the story. I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. I'm so tired of hearing about Rodgers or the Packers or that anybody cares about the Packers. Like, I'm, I'm just I'm still like, in. I watched. Well, I was gonna just, I watched hold on one second. Let me do a little motion here. <laughs> I, I watched. I, I just went down on a knee and prayed to the sky. Will I take Aaron Rodgers in Las Vegas? Let's go, <laughs> yeah. please. I I watched I watched the full hour. Uh, it was a full hour yesterday with McAfee. I watched it, uh, and and I also know why. Like he's pol- he's so polarizing that even people so like even people that are like anti-vax that want to look at his look at him as a hero can't. But like he he because he goes on and he's like, no, screw those people. I don't like those people. <laughs> He said that yesterday. Yeah. I don't disagree. He's, I don't he's disagree like, there's with, all these people out there that are like, everything he says. they, they want to make me a hero of the, anti, of the anti-vax. No. He's like, I'm not anti-vax. He's like, I, I, I went in an alternative way in this, and I'm not going to participate in nonsense politics of people trying to make me a pawn on their side. I don't like them either. But, he's like, I don't like either but, side. But here, then. Here's the bullcrap part. But then he it. went full Q. Yes, yes. And I'm like, now you're Q? You went what are you doing? Points, straight talking <laughs> points, not fact-driven, and went right down into that rabbit hole. It'd be one thing if you happened to agree with an argument that was logical and factually backed by an, a, you know, an extreme group. And it just happened to align for this one moment. But no, no, no. He's reading off of their sheet of music, man. He's reading their memos. It's, it's, like, forget it's, it's that. Nuts. Bull crap. He's trying to he's trying to get fans on both sides. And I'm tired of him doing all the media about like what his decision's going to be yeah. and like how he's trying to be the good guy well, and did, all this. He oh, we have a great relationship, but dude, he said he's going to decide soon, so that'll be good if he doesn't drag it into you know the middle of the season this time uh, or whatever. You know, it was like right up to the, to the time the training camp was going to start last year. I don't think he's going to do that again. But yeah, it's. It's nuts, man. And he he did he said, and he he did leave himself open because they asked him. They said, "How are you going to remember this year in 10, 20 years from now?" And he goes, "I'm sure I'm going to remember how silly of these protocols were and how dumb the league was. And I'm sure I'm going to look back and say, man, I didn't know what I was talking about.'" He's like, "I, I think there's going to be both of those." He's okay. like, "So he's open to both those sides." But I don't. I think people, if you look at some of the sound bites from Aaron Rodgers, I think both everybody can find reasons to hate him. But there is things that if you listen to his entire 
takes. Like sometimes you're like, all right, I, I can kind of understand this a little bit. Oh, I'll tell you this. If if, <laughs> if the Raiders get Harbaugh and Rodgers and Devontae, <laughs> I'll go to a game this year, man. Wow. They might they might they might pull me over from, from Charger fandom. Well, okay. I, I'm not I'm not gonna commit to that. But I'll say I, I've always said it was hard to to, to get, as a Charger fan for the Raiders to get me with their owner, their coach, and their quarterback. I was like, until some of those things change, I'm going to have a real hard time. Well, they're changing. Yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> one of the great reasons to have Justin on is to be a little more level-headed when alleged crimes go down. And I think a great example of calm down, don't get emotional because of recent history. When Nate Hobbs got popped at the Cromwell, we didn't have all the details. His attorneys came out immediately and you know, sort of set it up like, let's get more information on this on the actual DUI. And Adam, now we have information on Nate Hobbs. We do, but I still have a lot of questions <laughs> for Justin on this. So he he did plead to a lesser charge. According to police, the toxicology reports came back under the legal limit. However, he still was sleeping in the exit lane of a parking garage. That can happen, I guess, if you're tired, I suppose. Um what, what does it tell us that he took – because I saw a lot of people say, and I'll, I'll just echo what a lot of questions that came to me were, well, if he's under the legal limit, why did he get any charge? Does that mean that the toxicology reports maybe showed something else and that they were just like, all right, we'll take something, but just let's plead this out here? No, being asleep at the wheel of a vehicle that's in a travel lane is <laughs> it's, it's a – it's criminal. It's, it's, it's reckless driving. Even if you're just tired? Yeah, don't fall asleep behind the wheel <laughs> on the roadway. It's safer than driving and falling asleep. Don't fall asleep in the car. Okay. <laughs> right? Like, don't fall asleep it's in your quite car the lecture behind here. the wheel. <laughs> like, I'm surprised this is debatable, but okay. Like, let's, let's, let's talk about the pros and cons of having a public policy in which you don't punish people for falling asleep at the wheel. You have to. You're right. You, you, you have to. So that, that, that part's easy. I'm surprised that anybody's objectionable to that. Like, I don't care why you fell asleep at the wheel. If you fall asleep at the wheel, we're, it's a it's a crime. What if you okay? He's in a garage. Yep. What if if he um, if he if in his he was very tired? He's like, uh, all right, I'm gonna park here and go to sleep. Didn't realize it was a lane of travel. Yeah. No. It's a it, no. It, it's not. It it's not. It's not on the road. It doesn't require a mental state. <laughs> okay. Right? It, it, it's a strict liability crime. Did you in fact do it? Now, if you're asleep behind the wheel on your driveway. You're not on a public roadway. You're not out there, you know, driving where the public drives. I don't think you're going to get any. They can't. They don't have anything to get you for. Right. But no, man, that, that's an easy one. It's a really easy one. He absolutely should be for something, uh, and he was, and he agreed and, and pled to it, and we can move on. I'm glad he wasn't over the legal limit. Good. I saw some local media members saying after the uh, speeding ticket, doing 110 on the 215, that they should cut him. <laughs> that they should cut Nate Hobbs. What do you think, Adam? Well, if Nate Hobbs wasn't playing well, they probably would have. Now, I, I think now to be fair, I think where that argument comes from is, hey, you saw what happened to Henry Ruggs. Why are you driving 110? I think that would be the that would be the argument. Yeah, is it, we is don't it have fair to go too is, far? He was yeah. part of the same team in right. the same year that it happened. <laughs> yeah. Is it yeah. fair to differentiate that 110 on the 215 is different than 156 on Rainbow? I, I don't think so. Like it, it shouldn't. You would think they wouldn't have to say, "Hey, guys." This is our new home, right? We're not off to a great start here. Right. Let's try to be responsible I, citizens around town and maybe keep it under 100. 
I is that extreme? Like that's that's a reasonable thing to do. Can I say? Can I say hypothetically? <laughs> sure. Let's talk about hypotheticals. That's okay. my favorite. Hypothetically, uh, I drove home after the. Somebody told me they drove home after the UFC event <laughs> on Saturday in Anaheim, and looked down at one point and noticed. Let's just say potentially that it was at like one ten, and said, "You know what? No, no, I'm actually slowing down." Hypothetically, okay. Like I, I, it, these these two instant instances, a hundred percent, hypothetically crossed my mind, and I was like, "I'm not." Like, it's not worth it. Yeah, I, I... Now, if I'm going to draw distinctions, I'll give a distinction to interstate travel in the middle of the desert between, you know, California and here. And, and like, I still agree with you. Shouldn't be going to 110. Yeah. But that one can, like, accidentally happen. And like, then that's what it was. Yeah, but then I, but I, the hill. But I'm, what I'm saying is I looked down and I said, oh. The person looked down. The, the per- <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically, the person that told me, they looked down and said, no. Right. No. No, don't do this. It's I don't think you can accidentally go one ten on the two fifty. You have to be intending on going very fast. That's true. And so I think it just shows a real lack of judgment. Whether or not you cut somebody because of that, I don't know, man. I'd be I would try to send a strong message to my players like this is our new home. At the end of the season, we're not selling tickets out. We're not selling the stadium out. Like we have some work to do here. We got to act professionally. We've got to be a, a team that this city's proud of. And and right now we're not. But on on this, so the Hobbs, you know, Hobbs please out today to the previous situation. This 110 ticket happened after that one. Mm-hmm. Any did they have any relevancy to each other at all? No, I don't think so. He'll get a a, a punishment on the 110 ticket that has no bearing on like prior accounts. That speeding tickets don't work. Because it's like stay out of trouble. Well, <laughs> but what happened in between this plea and that time that it happened? No, that's, and that's they already it. know about it, right? Yeah. Like by the time they make the plea, so no. We're here at the uh, Battleborne Injurers Broadcast Center. Five seven zero nine thousand is the number. Justin Watkins, Matt Hoffman, and company. We'll come back. We got to get into a uh, weird story that actually developed on Fight Day. I can't believe this was happening with the UFC and uh, one of their biggest names for now, Francis Ngannou. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. So much sports legal stuff to get to. Uh, Adam, I know you were covering the fight in Anaheim. You just mentioned... Uh, you knew someone who, was dri- who, someone who was driving back. Uh, Francis Ngannou won a fight that I think UFC wouldn't have minded him losing. And now we're getting word that uh, we could have some lawsuits. Where was the information passed on before the poor guy was going to fight that he, you know, someone around him might be sued or he might be sued? Well, according to his side, uh, that the UFC essentially informed his camp the day of the fight that they were going to file a lawsuit for conversations that may have been had between his team and the Jake Paul team, um, just different discussions that have been going on. Uh, that obviously is not the fight that's rumored. It's that, it's that uh, Ngannou would go fight Tyson Fury in boxing. But there's a whole lot of things going on behind the scenes. And essentially, he was he tells the story in the media that you know his team was informed that they would be sued by the UFC the day of the fight, and then they told him before the fight, "Wow, you're not going to believe this. UFC is going to sue us for all this." Um, 
who knows if that's actually how the whole thing went down. Uh, but I can absolutely tell you there is a lot, a lot of animosity between the Engano camp and the UFC right now. Yeah, I just think that the the way I read the story, his quotes and and the timeline, I I just have a hard time believing that that's exactly a the timing and the way in which it went down, and b that that is the wording that would have been used. They wouldn't have said, we're going to sue you, right? At, at best, if the UFC was saying anything, it would have been more along the lines of cease and desist of like, dude, don't talk to Jake Paul's team. We, you know, we're an exclusive promoter. And if you attempt to do that, we're going to have to seek legal remedies. Like, you're not going to be like, hey, we heard you were talking to them. We're suing you. Like, that's not going to happen. Well, I, I, because I think you're thinking of this from a legal perspective. Like, I would not be shocked one bit if their entire goal here was to distract him and make him lose the fight. <laughs> they were trying to throw more distractions on. No. This wasn't actually about the suit. They want they actively wanted him to lose the fight. But then that would require UFC to think that his camp is dumb enough <laughs> to tell him what they got, what they received in an email to him right before the fight, which is what he alleges happened. And I'm not buying it, dude. Like, no, no way... It's like you're getting ready for a fight, and I'm like, dude, some real bad news just came in. I can't wait an hour and a half to tell you. I've got to tell you now, and it might affect your ability to fight this fight, but I'm going to tell you anyway. No, come on. Stupid. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying, like, the 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 friction isn't real and that that's, that's not happening. I just I, – I, I read this story, and I just – all the alarm bells, all the BS alarm bells were going off saying, mm, this isn't how it happened. Do you, I mean, I know that there's a lot of details we don't know because we don't see the contracts necessarily, but theoretically, uh, what we understand is that Ngannou's contract would have ended, uh, but because he's the champion, there is a one-year extension basically added on to his contract as a champion's clause that the UFC has had for a long time. Um, he has said, listen, if I'm an independent contractor... I'm free to do what I want. You can't have me under these, um, you know, under these draconian measures of like you can't do this, can't do that. It, this is seems like it's heading to court. I think this is. I think this issue is settled. Right, Randy Couture did this. He did this very thing and this very situation, and he lost. And so, I, I don't think you've got the leg to stand on. To, to me, legally, I mean, he went to federal court here. You know, they did the whole dance for a year and a half and he lost and so i think it's at least from my perspective from a legal perspective that contract has assuming the language is similar or even better more ufc cited it has been tested in court and held up in court so i think he's stuck justin Watkins with us uh let's close on this one the antonio brown situation i'm not sure what the situation is but let's play him uh, talking last night, Brian Gumbel, his uh, AB's attorney in AB. Antonio, I saw where you seem to resent the feelings of so many former coaches and, and teammates that you were in need of, of mental assistance. Does that bother you? Mental assistance from who? Professional assistance. To the extent any of that is coming from a spin that Antonio had a spontaneous mental episode, it's resentful and it's hurtful, and it's a disservice to people who do suffer from mental health challenges. We all have our, our difficulties, Antonio, myself, everybody. Yeah, these guys at Tampa Bay Bucks tried to make an agreement with me to give me $200,000.
to go to the crazy house so these guys could look like they know what they're talking about. Okay, so uh, by the way, the attorney saying, let's be delicate about mental health, and then his AB client, the 10 house. seconds later, calls it the crazy house. Uh, what is AB talking about? And uh, there's a lot of people who think this attorney is really using AB and taking him down just a ridiculous path. I'll be, I'm, I'm leaning towards that camp. I don't know the internals of the discussion, and I, I can't say one way or the other, but I, I, I'm saying they're putting themselves in a tough legal spot here by saying, we're going to file a grievance under the CBA. We are going to potentially go into civil court outside of the CBA for defamation to the extent that, that the CBA allows that on the basis that uh, they tried to force him to play when he was too hurt to play, and that they're defaming him by saying he had a mental episode, which they didn't say. It's not what he said. It's not what any of them said. They just said, if he needs help, I hope he gets it. That's what they said, which is way different than he didn't play because he or he left the game because he had a mental episode. But I'm going to say this. Them admitting that the Buccaneers were offering money for him to go seek mental health help. I think helps the Buccaneers position in all this, yeah. whether or not the Buccaneers are right or wrong. Clearly the Buccaneers thought he needed mental health and that it wasn't a physical health problem. That's you just, you just proved that point because they were going to pay you just to go <laughs> and you refused to do it. So I don't think that that adds credibility to the argument that he's trying to make, which is that I told him I was hurt and they told me to go in anyway. They were going to pay you not to play, and you and you declined. So, the I'll have to I have to say the listening to that interview and I listened to almost every second of it. <laughs> it's not it's not the kind of position I want my client putting me in. I'll just say that it's not, I I I would not be putting that client on TV or or on the stand if I could help it because uh, I I would have no idea where it's going to go. Is there a point where this crosses the line and the Bucks are like, all right, that's enough? That's enough. You've defamed us multiple times. We've had enough. I doubt or it's just it. not worth the trouble. I don't think Because then all of a sudden, then you're battling in the NFLPA. I mean, what segment of the population is thinking that the Bucks are crazy and that <laughs> AV's got it right? Very. So I, I would think in the court of public opinion right now, yeah. that's very, very small amount of people. So, like, why, you know, the, you know, don't roll in the in the mud with pigs. You just get dirty and they like it, right? And, and like, I don't play their game. You're already winning in the court of public opinion. Just let him continue to be AB, I guess, you know? Very uh, important point to close on. Uh, Ari's been dying to do this story, so we got to hit it with you. You're a parent. I feel like <laughs> kids are the, uh, you know, kind of the guinea pigs on this one. Air frying a PB and J. Dude, I'm doing it tonight. I, I eat PBJ all the time, often for dinner, actually. If I'm, if I'm too hungry to make it until like our normal 6.30 time and I get home at like 4, 4.30, double PB and J, call it a day. But... You sent me this link on Twitter. I went right down the rabbit hole, and there was not a single criticism of, oh, really? of, 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 of the people who tried this. Can you bring me one to, bring, <laughs> deliver it to my I'll house? I'll send you some pics tonight. And, uh, so yeah. hot jelly, but I guess you know donuts have, can have warm jelly. I'm, I'm doing it. I, I mean, he gave very specific instructions. Butter. He said, you got to make sure you butter both ends of the bread. You got to flip really? it. Really? He said, four minutes, flip it, 375. And I'm like, okay. Wait, butter the inside with the outside. PB&J? Outside, okay. So you get yeah, a crisp yeah. on the outside. Yeah, so you don't get, you don't, you know, you don't burn, burn the outside. I will say uh, our friend uh, Adam, 
used to run the uh, freaking frog. Oh, okay. Um, opened a restaurant for a while, and this was like the highlighted item. Oh wow! On the okay. menu, it was the deep fried peanut butter and jelly. Okay. Game, uh, game I want, changer. I don't know if I want deep fried. It was phenomenal. So there was one person on there that that on my deep dive down the the air fried PB and J said, "Hey, if you really want to make it fantastic, put a little piece of licorice in the middle." I know it sounds weird, but it works. <laughs> it so I'll, I'll, I'm gonna have to stop right, the licorice. Yeah, I'm gonna do both. You know, I'm just gonna experiment with the kids, see what they like. They'll when are you see- doing this? What? When are you doing this? Tonight. Yeah, go okay. tonight. Are we doing the podcast tonight? Are you yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, I'll do okay, it. Okay, we'll have yeah. the update at 9 o'clock. at Steve Cofield up on uh, YouTube. We'll do our legal podcast tonight, and we'll get the important update on the air-fried PB&J. Perfect. There he is, Justin Watkins. 570-9000 is the number. Call for any legal advice. If you've got major problems, this is the place to call. 570-9000, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. So we're heading towards the Kevin Kruger Radio Show at six o'clock. Some running Rebel basketball talk, but we got to get some Lady Rebels basketball talk on Cofield and Company because we got a, a big game going down tomorrow. Outstanding season so far for Lindy LaRock's team is uh, they're right there at the top of the Mountain West Conference, along with New Mexico. Game goes down on Thursday night. Tickets are available. Coach is with us. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. So how fired up are you for this one, especially since uh, the first time around was damn close? We're fired up. You know, we're not kind of shying away of of being aware and knowing what, you know, this game kind of means for our program and where we want to be, you know, and and kind of secure our place in conference standings. So uh, we had a great practice yesterday, today, and uh, we're fired up, ready to go for tomorrow. So what's your best recollection of game number one? Obviously, you guys, you know, you're scouting it. You're watching the film. Uh, Give me a couple of details and give the audience uh, some details of why you fell just a little bit short. Uh, Well, honestly, we played a pretty good game. And, um, you know, uh, we we pounded the ball inside. We went inside to our post players um, and outscored them, I think, in the paint, like 42 to 24 or something. But, frankly, we still missed a uh, a lot of layups. You know, our, our post players weren't as efficient as they normally are, even as much as, as they were kind of getting some to go down. So, um, you know, I think our rebounding and, and finishing at the rim can be a difference maker. Uh, you know, watching the film back, honestly, I'm most excited because we played them three weeks. And at certain points, I'm like, who is that team? Because I just think we've already improved, uh, you know, so much. And so... Um, I'm excited to see them go out there and kind of show show that, especially to people that saw the first game, and and then you know see how much better we can be for the second game. So the great thing about the Lady Rebels roster, I'm not sure that we can name an absolute go-to scorer. You guys have so much balance, and you've had so many different players lead the team in scoring in games. Absolutely. I mean, obviously we we have a couple of key players, but. You know, Essence Booker, our point guard, you know, Desiree Young, you know, our center, they get a lot of attention, and they're kind of our two leading scorers. But Neko Beizer comes off the bench, and, and she's right up there with them. And then, you know, it just, we preach to our team, you know, the go to player is the open player. 
Um, you know, so everyone has to be ready. Everyone has to be a threat to shoot, to score, because that's, you know, that's how we like to play. Five people on the court that have to be ready to score uh, and put up some points. So we've been able to do that so far. How important is it to pitch the ball inside and work from inside to out? Um, well, one, to get Desiree Young good looks, but two, you've got a bunch of good three-point shooters. I mean, Justice Etheridge just had, what, five in a game. You've, you've got a freshman who's a great three-point shooter. So, I mean, you're, you're good in multiple areas on the floor. Right. Uh, you know, Desi's our anchor on the block 100%, and, and we are going to feed that beast and, and, you know, let her make her money down there. Um, and why, you know, she's able to be so successful is exactly what you said, is we have some other players on the court that you can't sag off of that you have to respect uh, their three-point shot. So, you know, we start it inside and, and go inside the Desi, and then that kind of, you know, once she gets it going, they really kind of key in on her, and then it opens things up for perimeter shooting. So, And then it's just kind of playing that balance and letting that pendulum kind of swing back and forth, inside, outside, inside. So uh, going inside is, is definitely, a, you know, our identity, especially to start games. Interesting. You mentioned the word identity. That, that's what I was going to ask you. What What do you want the identity of this team to be? And do you think you're there? Uh, we're pretty close. You know, um, obviously, we we always like to kind of shine up and polish all of our edges, and and we're not you know quite there yet. But I mean, our our identity, you know, offensively is is we want to score, um, and we score inside, and then that opens our perimeter. We want to run in transition and score a lot of points. You know, I think the exciting thing about tomorrow's game is we're the two you know, highest scoring teams in the conference. So that's how we like to play. Um, and then really our kind of a key to our success is our rebounding, offensively, defensively. Um, when we defensive rebound, our, our defense is really good, um, and we play really good sound defense. We don't do anything kind of too crazy or, or get out in pass lanes and gamble like that. But um, rebounding um, is, is kind of, you know, a huge piece of who we are. New Mexico in town to take on the Lady Rebels. Linda LaRock is on the horn on Cofield and company. So tickets are available. Where's the best place to go for uh, folks to get tickets for the game tomorrow? Well, show up and buy them, uh, you know, and, and that would be great. Uh, but you can go on UNLVtickets.com and get them early. I think they're only 6 bucks, but they're 10 bucks at the door. So, um, you know, we've already kind of got some, some great buzz around the community and think that we're going to have a really good crowd. So every person matters. You know, bring your friends, have a good night, and cheer loud. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a really, really good game. So our team deserves the support. We've been working really hard. We've been winning, and I know Las Vegas support loves to support some winners, so that's what we got going on. So, you know, they got to jump on the bandwagon with us. So let's talk about the process of putting this roster together because this is a new challenge uh, in women's basketball and men's basketball with the transfer portal, and you had Desiree Young to build around, but I wanted you to talk about some of the players you brought into the program Um First, with Essence Booker, who's had multiple stops, uh, you know, how did you get her interested in, in coming back to play for UNLV? Well, obviously, she's a Las Vegas native, you know, so she was she was raised here, so she clearly knows the community, and she spent some time up north and started out at Reno. Um, and honestly, when she was, you know, kind of transferring for the first time around, we really wanted her, but um, there were different rules that would would have made it harder. You know, we had the interconference transfer rule that would have been difficult to ask her to sit out two years. Um, you know, then all the COVID stuff happened and, you know, obviously we, you know, she just kind of being a player in town, we, we knew who she was and kind of already had a uh, relationship established. And so, you know, the second time around, we, we couldn't miss on, on that one this time because she's a, she's a heck of a player and, you know, wanted to come home and play in front of her family and friends and, and represent, 
you know, the city that she loves, uh, you know, wearing a rebel uniform. So we're, we're thrilled to have her. And, you know, she's just kind of scratching the surface of the player that she can be for us. Mention, you know, she grew up in Vegas. You grew up in Vegas. A lot of, you know, three, I think three of your top five scorers, seven of your players uh, from Vegas. Where, where is, you know, girls basketball right now in the Valley and uh, how important is it to bring those girls in? Cause it's been a long tradition of very good basketball here in Las Vegas. Absolutely. There's been some, you know, programs. Centennial, you know, obviously has been really good. You know, it's funny, I'm going to a high school game tonight. Um, and, you know, the Las Vegas Valley women's ba- girls basketball, I think honestly having the Aces has helped just the development and letting young girls know that it's available um, and, and you can play. Uh, but there's a lot of really good high school programs in town. And frankly, there's a lot of really, really good young players. So, we're already, you know, committing early to, you know, recruiting these young kids and trying to, you know, keep them home, especially, obviously, we can't have a full team of just, you know, Las Vegas, you know, all-stars, um, you know, just from a roster standpoint. But, uh, you know, we're, we're really excited. We're excited, too. This is a really big game. And like you said, uh, fans should come out and support the team because it's an exciting team. You put together a, a nice balance of the locals and, you know, top recruits from outside the area. So, Lindy, we appreciate a couple minutes. Good luck in the game. All right. Thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate you having me on and always appreciate your support. Thank you. Lindy LaRock, head coach of the Lady Rebels. I've gotten a chance to call some of the games on uh, your view. They're going to do, I think, at least four more games down the stretch. And they really are. It's a it's a fun group to watch because they play up-tempo. They can play rough and bruising. They can shoot the three. And then they've got a really good post player who is... She's fun to watch. Desiree Young is super athletic. She's got a bevy of post moves, good footwork, and she's also she's got an edge to her. So she's kind of fun to watch because she is more than willing to go in and freaking blast people. And from so high, that's how we that, that's that how too. we ball down there. And then you know the other cool thing is because uh, we didn't get to one of the transfers is Obi Eiser, who's like a freaking wrecking ball when she comes in. Um, she's a great six woman uh, in terms of scoring. And then they've got some freshmen. Durazo Frescas is from. Newport Beach, great three-point shooter, and they've already got their point guard of the future, who I think was like a top 75 recruit nationally in Kiara Jackson. So it's a, it's a good group. It's a deep group. And, um, you know, if you've never been to the Cox Pavilion, it's actually a really cool venue yeah. to watch basketball in. So, well, And, you know, Lindy, was as we just heard from her, and she's very passionate about the program, very good. But if, if anybody doubted that she was going to do this when she oh came God. in, you weren't paying attention. Oh, media. I mean, last year they, they turned it around quickly, and then it's like, all right, now we, we're going to have to add to this roster, so let's do a whole balance of, you know, local transfers, transfers from – I mean, I think it will be Ezra from Youngstown State. You know, you got freshmen from all around the country. So, And New Mexico is a really good program. And when – and they, I mean, it went right down to the wire. Um, when the Mountain West Conference Tournament comes up, New Mexico will travel. They'll, well, we'll see with – you know, might change with COVID, but probably – they're pretty crazy. I mean, and their men's team. The men's team's not very good, but yeah. I, my guess is they'll travel. You know, three thousand people to come and watch our women's team. So this is developing into a pretty good rivalry. And I, I, I hate to say it, but I would also enjoy Lindy Dorock while she's here because this could be. <laughs> yeah. She's going to be coveted soon if she keeps winning at this level and they make the tournament. You know, this year or next year. Although, she could just make UNLV a power. Could happen and stay here. I mean, she is a lost. Yeah. She is a Las Vegan. Like she's she's got roots here, not just growing up here. You know, obviously the family is very entrenched in basketball here in the valley. So maybe it's the kind of case. Like, yeah, you're right. She is going to be much much bigger than the program very soon. But maybe that maybe that's what she wants to do and just turn it into something to power nationally. Football frenzy's on the way. I, I 
there's a weird situation developing here. There are actually people who feel sorry for Mike McCarthy because he'll need to do his job at the highest level to fend off Sean Payton from taking the Cowboys job down the road. What are we doing here? That's the standard when you're a head coach in the NFL and especially of the Cowboys. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.